What's up, gentlemen? This is Rising Phoenix Podcast, a podcast about how to rise up after your divorce. I'm your host, Michael Rhodes. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to the show. This is episode 34, another in the Real Man, Real Stories series. This particular episode features Philip. And Philip has a story that is much different from my story, and I think that's one of the awesome parts about these Real Man Roast Stories episodes is the variety of stories that are out there. I know that my story is a bit unique, and although it shares some similarities to some of yours, um, our stories are not all the same. And having different examples and different stories is an important part of this because I want as many men as possible to know that they're not alone. And the more similar stories that you can hear, uh, I hope, the better that you will feel. Here we go. Episode 34. Okay, joining me today is Philip. Uh, Philip, let's just, uh, let's jump right into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, well, yeah, um, if you said my name is Philip. I'm uh, British, I'm 42 years old, and um, I've been following your group for a, a while on Facebook. And... Um, I was divorced about, I don't know, maybe about five, five or six years ago it was, mm. and um, in a relationship for 10 years before that, married for 10 years before that with a now a 13-year-old child. Mm. And, and how did uh, the, the divorce come about? Was that your decision, her decision? Uh, the divorce itself, it was, um, it was my choice to leave. Um, the relationship... The relationship was quite, <laughs> quite tumultuous throughout the ten years. I uh, I met her in Tenerife. I said I'm from the UK, but I moved out to Tenerife, which is if the majority of your listeners are from America, they probably don't know where that is. It's a Spanish island hmm. that's um, just off the coast of Africa. It's about two and a half thousand miles south of of Spain. Oh, wow. And um, I moved out there when I was 25 years old. Um, I went, I was only going to stay for three months to help a friend open a restaurant. I was working in um, the hospitality trade at the time. And um, this, this incredibly good looking Cuban girl came to work in the restaurant. Um, and um, yeah, the rest is history, shall they say. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was... I didn't know to begin with, but she was there illegally. She didn't have any papers. And um, anyway, she managed to, I managed to let myself be, be charmed by her salsa dancing. And, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, although everybody was warning me that it wasn't as, it wasn't as good as it was being made out to be. I fell right into the trap. Yeah. Right. I think we've all been there. <laughs> I was thinking with the, uh, with the downstairs rather than the upstairs. <laughs> I, I can I can understand and relate to that one. So, uh, what 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 do you said it was tumultuous? What were some of the issues that you were facing? Well, the, I mean, the relationship got off to a a very quick start. I mean, within three months, she was pregnant, ah. and um, then the whole kind of I'm here illegally. I need paperwork, um, that kind of stuff. So, in another three months, we were married, Ooh. and um, things just once once we'd got married. And once the child had been born, things just changed. Mm. Things just completely changed. And um, I was no longer the um, the jewel of her eye, shall we say. I was just, I was just 
something to be used. Mm. You know, I was I was there to lift and carry and and drive and bring and 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 it was tumultuous because I mean in I used to blame her a lot for the relationship going wrong, but I know now with hindsight, which is a wonderful thing, mm. I was just a very weak man in the relationship and I allowed myself I mean I've never been a particularly self-confident person but I I let her run all over me in the relationship I literally and and coupled with the fact that she had a very strong Latin temperament it was just um I just didn't stand a chance I didn't stand a chance but I the reason I stayed as long as I did for 10 years was a, a couple of reasons one was I came from a family uh, where the parents were divorced and I had made my, I'd made a promise to myself that I wouldn't put any child of mine through that. Um, so I stuck it out and stuck it out and stuck it out. And the, the, the other reason I stayed, to be honest, is again, just going back to the fact that I had very little self-confidence. I'd never been single from, from 16 years old. I'd never been single. I'd always had long-term girlfriends at least you know two three years and always going from one to another to another to another so I I was I, I didn't want to be alone I, I needed I needed that as I now come to understand mother figure <laughs> you know? uh, I needed that female comfort and um, so they were the two reasons I didn't leave but the relationship itself as as the relationship progressed it went from you know just things like stopping me going and having a drink with my friends to, to just slowly winding up and winding up to more and more restrictions and prohibitions on her part towards me until I literally couldn't do anything. And then um, things started getting violent. Um, you know, little things come to mind. Like one day we were, uh, we were going to pick our son up from school. She didn't, she, she'd only just passed a driving test at this point. She spent many years without, without a license. And I think the only reason she got a driving license is because she could smell the fact that I was beginning to, to show signs of wanting to leave that I, you know, I was, I was not happy. And we were going to pick our son up from school and we'd been arguing in the house before we went to pick him up as, as was pretty normal. And um, this kept going on in the car. And any man knows when you're driving, the last thing you need is, is the wife giving it in the ear, you know, telling you what's wrong with you and, and what to do. And I, I stopped the car and um, I said, look, if you're going to continue shouting at me, I'm not, I'm not going to drive. If you, if you want me to drive, shut up. Otherwise, you know, we're not moving. And uh, so she said, okay, okay, okay. okay. And we started driving. As soon as I started driving, she started again. And, um, I pulled over again and said, look, this is it. We're not going. So she tried the whole guilt trip on me. We're going to be late for our son. It's going to be your fault. Um, you're the worst father ever. Do you not care? Do you not care about me? Do you, you know, the, the typical, you know, we've all been there. We all know what it's like. Anyway, she ended up, she ended up pulling the keys out of the, out of the ignition and stabbing them into my back. So at, at that point I was like, look, this is getting a bit far. And <laughs> Yeah. expecting her to calm down she then she didn't calm down though she then she grabbed my mobile out of my hand and proceeded to phone the police now 
in Spain, they have a, I don't know whether they have them in, in any of the states in the, in the United States, but in, in Spain, there is a, there is a huge problem with, with masculine violence. Mm. You know, a lot of women get killed by men in Spain and um, they have a special hotline number for that in Spain. So she phoned that and, and she just screamed down the phone, help, help, my husband's beating me up and then hung up the phone, my phone. And um, so I, I took the phone back off her and, and got out of the car and started walking home and she went and finished picking our son up. And long story short, I got a phone call from the police shortly after that and they said, look, from what you've said to us, it, we've heard this all before. Where, you know, it happens more than you would think. Yeah. Um, we're quite happy with your version of the story. We'll just leave it here. But it, you know, things like that. But the, the actual, the actual act that caused me to to decide this is it. It's all over. I have to leave. Was um, one day when um, we were in the house and we were arguing, and I just can't remember what it was about. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. But she pulled a, a meat knife out of the out of the kitchen drawer mm. and uh, lunged towards me to to cut me with it to 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 run me through with it. Now that, whether she would have actually done it or not, I don't know. But I um, <laughs> I ran into our son's room. He was he was having a sleep at that time, and I ran in ran into the, his room, shut the door, and just sat down next to him on his bed and thought oh, at least I'm going to be safe here. She's not, she's not going to do anything to me while I'm sat next to our son, you know? Right. Right. Um, but that was, that was what caused me to, to say, that's it. You know, I, I, I can't, I can't stay here anymore. Um, and that was, that was coupled with, and I think I've come to the conclusion that, you know, a lot of things happen for a reason. And maybe a week before that, a work colleague of mine at that time, I worked in a, I was working as a head waiter in a, in a, in a hotel in Tenerife and a colleague of mine just made an offhand statement um, saying something along the lines of, you know, your son looks at you as the role model of how to be a man. And I saw myself sat on the bed next to him, running away from my wife who was wielding a knife mm. and thought, fuck, I hope I'm allowed to swear on this podcast. Oh, yeah, I see. <laughs> All time. <laughs> okay, excellent. And I thought, fuck, what am I showing him? You know, I'm, I'm here trying to save this relationship to not, for, so that he doesn't go through a divorce. Right. And then I saw, but actually the only thing I'm showing him by staying is that this is how a man acts in a relationship. Right. And I thought I'm, I'm going to be condemning him to my fate. Yeah. And I thought, I can, you know, that, that, that was the real, that was the real push out the door. That was the real push out. I want to talk about that a bit. So, you know, the, the premise of the podcast and, and the Facebook group, was always an unwanted divorce or breakup. And initially the, the, the view I took was what I went through. And that is someone who left uh, me. Um, yeah. you know, um, and uh, I, I'm coming to find that your version of events or your, your um, story is one of you leaving. Um, but I don't think that my, my initial view on that type of um, scenario was, you know, you know, what, 
what do you got to worry about sort of a thing it's like you you made the decision to leave but uh, the more and more i hear these things and the more and more i i i become um more familiar with with some of these types of stories is you didn't want it to end either really um you did end it but that's because it was you know unhealthy um and so yeah. I, I think your your uh scenario your story is 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 equally as important and and i didn't have that view initially um and it, I'm glad that I'm able to have these conversations with, with people that have differing experiences um, because it allows me to see things in, in, uh, differently than I assumed that they were. So uh, I thank you for that. I thank you for coming on and talking about it. I want to talk about how, what was, what was your, uh, wh where was your head at once you made this decision, you know, what kind of journey did you go through there? Like what kind of thoughts did you have? I mean, to begin with, th th this was such a big decision for me. Sure. It was, it was massive because I was, I had so little self-confidence. Yeah. I had so little self-confidence and it was just like, I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do to be The only thing I knew is that I, ha I had to get out of there. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't give much thought to it, to be honest, yeah. you know, what was going to transpire. I just, I just had to get out, but I was, I was shitting myself at the time. You know, I was absolutely shit scared at the time, but I knew that, that whatever was waiting for me on the other side of that was going to be better than anything, you know, if I, if I'd have stayed. Sure. Did you did you have a lot of questions and, and doubts about your decision and about yourself? I mean, you said you, you know, your self worth was poor, but I'm assuming something like this sort of reinforced it. I'm I'm also going to make another assumption, and, and that is, it wasn't amicable, and she was probably nasty and dirty through throughout it. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but but talk a little bit about that. Like, how were her actions, and how did that affect you? dirty and nasty during the relationship or, or after the after the separation after the separation no it was it was it was absolutely disgusting absolutely disgusting i mean there was there was a time once i once i'd left uh maybe three or four months after i'd left uh there were two months that i didn't see or speak to my son mm. and I'd, I'd only moved four streets away oh wow um you know and uh yeah it was it was hellish i mean i i took a long time to actually start going through the divorce process and the reason i put it off is because the only i mean the only reason i put it off is because i was actually paying attention to the stuff that she was saying like she was telling me i was gonna have to pay her i don't know how much money it was a month and and I was going to have to do this and that and the other and give her this and give her that. And, that. and I thought, well, I, I just put the divorce off um, as long as I could, thinking that it was going to ruin me. And um, mm. it turns out that most of what she said was lies. You know, it was just it was just mani more manipulation yeah. to try and make my life or so it seems seems to me now. Sure. You know, it was just ma manipulation to make my life worse for actually having gone. Yeah. You know, oh, I, no, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, I think, you know, obviously, I don't know her. And uh, I only know your side. Um, but I'm not doubting it. But it, it, based on what you're saying, I'm, it sounds like manipulation was uh, second nature her. So what, what was the tipping point? Then when did you finally say, all right, this is fuck it, I'm getting divorced. I don't, 
care whatever happens happens what what pushed you to actually finally do it to actually get the divorce yeah uh, by that point i mean it was it was two years down the line oh, okay um it was just it was just i was in a better place oh, okay at that point because i i i always wanted joint custody mm. of our son sure. and um in spain unfortunately uh, things are, I mean, in a lot in a lot of countries still, yeah. things are favoured towards the mother. Sure. Now, when I left, I was in a very bad place financially because I had all the loans in my name. Mm-hmm. You know, all all of the economic stuff was in my name. So when I walked out of there, I was paying for everything that we'd done together, as well as paying for my new apartment and all that kind of stuff so i didn't actually go through with the divorce and neither did she right you know neither did she i don't know why she didn't i don't know but anyway um until i was in a better place financially until i was in a better place mentally as well um so that's that's why i eventually did go through with the divorce i mean i i don't know whether she was and still is uh or proclaims to be Christian ah. and um, proclaims to be, you know, that I, I, I still can't, I've not found the passage in the Bible that, that, that tells women to pull knives out on their husbands. I've not found it yet, but um, no, I don't think you will. I don't, I don't think no, no, it's, not, it's not there. Is it? No, I don't I mean, think so. I've, I've had a look through, but I've not found it. Just, I've only skimmed. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think that's the major reason that she didn't file because it yeah. would look bad on her. Did she ever apologize for any of her actions? Oh God, no. <laughs> I didn't no. think so, but I just wanted to. No. I wanted confirmation that that the type of person you were dealing with is was. No, you know, I mean to this flawed. day we have we have contact. I mean we're still in contact. Sure. Um, but only when it comes to things about our son. It's. I mean it's 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 funny you should say that. I mean, I got a I got a message from her three days ago asking if I could, she's wanting to buy our son a pair of trainers, which you can't get hold of in the, in the Canaries because of how far away they are from, from, from Spain and, and this kind of stuff. So could I take delivery of them in the UK and then send them from the UK? The only time she ever gets in contact with me, to be honest, is when she needs something still related to our son. Um, you know, even, even things like when he has medical problems, when he has medical stuff, tests, I don't, I don't get told still. Oh, wow. Today, you know, I, I I get told by him if I ask because he's he's thirteen. You know, it's, it's, sure. It's, so you 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 moved away then from from her and, and your son. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm now in I'm now in the UK. Yeah. And how long after the divorce? What what did did you do that? And 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 why did you make that decision? Um, well, I've only been back in the UK three months. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's very yeah. recent. It's very very recent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very, very recent. That, that, and the decision to move. I mean, I, I've been, I'm now with somebody else, mm-hmm. and we have two children together. Two very, two. I mean, the one's okay. three, and the other one's one. Okay. Uh, we, we moved away from that island purely because we had a bus- We, we built a business together. Oh, cool. On the island, which this year has been a, a business closing year, and our business was reliant on we, um, we looked after people's dogs. Mm they went on holiday hmm. and our our clients the people that left us their animals were people that worked in the hotels because Tenerife is a 
it's a holiday destination. That's what it survives on. Right. And nobody was going on holiday. The the hotel employees were laid off. So nobody, you know, we had yeah. no clients. And we within within two months, we just we sold everything we could. We bought a motorhome and we went on a cross-country journey through Spain and France back up to the UK. And, oh, and that sounds fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean 2020 for me has been an absolutely great year. <laughs> it's, been, it's been really good, to be honest. We've had a great time. Um, but yeah, that's that's why we ended up moving. I mean, it, it took me it was hard. I bet. Leaving my son behind. I bet. But he's at an age now where he he understands. And and how did he take the news of you moving? He was actually quite excited. He wanted to come. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. But uh, wasn't allowed to. So when um, does he, I don't, I don't know what the rules and laws are. Uh, I, I guess they're, they're governed by where she's at, um, not by yeah. where you live. So what are the rules there? Like when can he, what age can he make a decision about where he wants to live? At 12 years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, he could, I mean, he won't because he's, he's 13. He's all his, all his, oh, all, his are, yeah, all his buddies true. are there. You yeah, know, he's, he's, he's not going to move anywhere. Or is he going to, and we, we don't have to discuss any of this. I'm just curious myself. Um, is he going to be visiting you on a certain schedule or how's that all going to work? Well, that was the plan. The plan was, was that he would come over in the summer and spend the summer in the UK with us and, and any holidays. I was going to go over back to Tenerife, but obviously with, things being the way they are. I mean, sure. the UK is, is now it's locked down again, right? Well, we're, we're locked down and no other cookers. Supposedly we've got this new variant here yeah. and, um, and nobody wants to know anything about the British at the minute. So there's, <laughs> I can't go anywhere and people that come here after quarantine for 14 oh, days. Yeah, so that's there's, right. there's, no, there's yeah. no visiting going on at the minute. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about all that stuff. I don't know why. Um, it's, <laughs> it's a pretty big deal, but uh, you know how the news goes. Uh, well, I try not to pay attention to the news, but um, well, no, neither do I. It's a lot of uh, so I want to talk about. It sounds like you you have embodied the phoenix. It sounds like you have risen up. It sounds like you've overcome uh, a significant amount, and 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 you're you're at a dare I say better place than you were before you divorced. Is that accurate? Much better. I mean, I like I said, I said at the beginning of, of this 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 talk, uh, I believe that things happen for a reason, and me leaving that relationship was the best thing that has ever happened to me. Purely because I had to face my own demons, I had to face my own um, lack of self confidence, my own my own fear of being alone. Yeah, and I spent two and a half years single. And it made such a difference in me um, that I'm now not the same man I was when I was in that relationship. And I think I do believe that that relationship broke me down to a point where I literally either died or I was reborn. Yeah. And um, it was definitely reborn definitely reborn. well clearly yeah well i want to talk about i want to hone in on that single part because i hear i hear men um and i and i'm guilty i, I did it myself i was i was shot out of a cannon uh when she left i put my dick in anything that would let me like i would <laughs> <laughs> i didn't yeah. hesitate uh yeah. i jumped into a relationship kind of ish um fairly quickly um and but but i was smart enough to realize that it, it wasn't 
it was it was fine there was no there was no issues i just know it wasn't the answer it didn't fix anything yeah. for me um I'm, I'm fortunate that i was able to be conscious and and um mindful of of the things i was doing and, and the things that um i i was needing and and that that wasn't it it didn't it didn't fix me so but i want to talk about that because what i see a lot is is guys that have been rejected by their significant other and probably were told all kinds of mean and heinous shit um at the end whether or not it was to justify them leaving or to um hurt you because you left either way there was there's probably more than likely some really nasty shit that was said about this gentleman to this gentleman so his self-esteem has taken a huge hit and we all know women um giving us attention helps our self-esteem yeah but it's 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 um it, and that's not necessarily bad i mean that's it's good to be wanted but um if if you're not okay with who you are then that cycle will inevitably repeat so if someone gives you a lot of attention you haven't really healed and worked on yourself you're gonna fall into the same shit so my my long uh point of that is is i want you to talk about that what what were the lessons learned how did you come to realize that you needed to take time for yourself did you consciously take time for yourself or did it just happen that way no it it it, it consciously happened i mean it's it's funny you should say that you know sticking your dick in anything that moved i one of the one of the things one of the first things i did and it's actually what I think it's the, it was the spark between her not letting me see my son for, for, for two months. One of the first things I did, one, one of the things that she controlled in our relationship with the clothes that I wore. Oh, wow. Uh, she, she would, as like I said, I worked in a hotel and then there was full of young waitresses. Hmm. And I was made to wear a certain type of clothing to go to work. I went in baggy jeans, baggy t-shirts and a hoodie top and, and, you know, broken trainers because she didn't want any other females looking at me. She wanted them in, she wanted my, yeah. my appearance to be one of somebody that's not worth bothering with. And so one of the first things I did, and this, this was such a huge moment for me, like, like it's, it's what I'm going to say to you now is going to sound so small, but for me at the time, it was so huge. Um, I threw all my clothes in the bin. I threw them all out. And I went and I bought myself shirts and suits and ties and mm. shoes and dicky bows and all, the, you know, all the, all the kind of the, the nice clothes. And I started, I gave myself no other choice. I literally burnt the bolts at the, at the beach. Mm. I threw out all my clothes and I started dressing in, in shirts and suits. And I, um, the first, the first day that I walked into my place of work, bearing in mind I was I was a head waiter. I wasn't like I wasn't like the managing director or anything like that. I walked in in a suit, and um, that was a, that was a huge moment for me, having very little self confidence. And um, yeah, I got a lot of people saying, "Wow, you look really good," but I also got a lot of people saying, "Who do you think you are? What are you dressing like that for? You know, who do you think you are? You the manager?" Right, 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 right. But I. I forced myself to go through it. Like I did it for the next, the next day and the next day. And by the third day, nobody, nobody said anything. I'd kind of embodied this new, this new well-dressed man. And I, I kept that up and that got me 
like attention from the females mm -hmm. like I'd never had in my life. And I went absolutely nuts. <laughs> I went absolutely nuts. Um, but what that did reveal to me is because I, I, I should have been enjoying that time to have relaxed, non-committed relationships with, with different females. But I was still that needy, clingy man sure. who was trying desperately to, <laughs> to hold on to one or more of these women. And I ended up pushing them all away and ended up with, with quite a bad reputation because of it. And that, that, was, that was the wake up point for me when I realized, actually, it's not the clothes that, you know, it's not the clothes that need fixing. It was, it was me that needed fixing. And that's when I started going down this kind of um, journey of, 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 of self-discovery, as it were, and um, just started getting my shit together. It's, it's always amazing to me how, how people, how men come to that realization. Because I don't think we all do. And so I think there's those of us that have, have had these moments of, oh shit, I need to work on me. Um, man, those type of people, you, me, anyone else out there listening that's that's had that type of a, a, a realization and an awakening, man, really got to be proud of ourselves. Yeah. Because not not all will, will do that. Some will, unfortunately, take the ultimate uh, negative uh, step and, yeah. and take their own lives. Some will crawl into a bottle. Um, some will keep um, fucking whoever they can and, and and just continue to cover up their pain. So what, what do you attribute that to for yourself? Why do you think that you were able to have that realization and were able to start on your journey? Because I didn't want to fall into that same trap again. I didn't, I, 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 I couldn't fall into that same trap. I, I didn't want to find myself in another relationship like the one I was in before. And um, I realized that it was my fault that the relationship was like that. You know, as, as, I, as I went back in time, analyzing the relationship, it started right at the beginning. It started with the very first, no, you come back home after work, you don't go out for a beer. That's when it started. Mm. And I then, I realized that basically throughout my whole life, I'd never made a fucking decision for myself. You know, right from right from being a, a, a teenager, my decisions were made for me by my dad. Mm. You know, he decided he decided where I was going to study. He decided what I was going to study mm. every time. Like, for example, I, I wanted to study theoretical physics. Mm. I wanted to study quantum mechanics at university, wow. to which I was met with the response that'll never get you anywhere. You need to be an engineer. So I ended up studying aeronautical engineering at university hmm. and I never finished it because I fucking hated it. Right. Absolutely hated it. The yeah. only reason I chose aeronautical engineering is because I like flying. Hmm. You know, one of my hobbies is flying paragliders. I love being up in the air. And that was the only reason I chose aeronautical engineering, but the actual degree, I had no interest in it whatsoever. And I began to realize that, that I came to the awareness that I was a, I had no self-decisive power 
I was a people pleaser. I would change who I was depending on who I was with. So, you know, I was one person with, with my parents, one person with my friends, one person with my work colleagues. And I was just fucking tired of it. Yeah. I was absolutely tired of it. And I decided to, and the, 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 the changing of the clothes, it, it made me aware of the fact that if I want to change something, I can, mm. you know, anybody you meet only knows about you as much as you put forward of yourself. They don't know anything else. So if you put yourself forward as a certain person, that's who they think you are. Right. And I began that changing the way I dressed was the first, I came to the realization that I could play with myself. That's, that's <laughs> I could play with my character. Sure. I could, you know, and I, your identity was was a blank it was a clean slate you could you could decide who you wanted to be exactly and it was it was it came home to me in a uh, an interview jim carrey did he did a film i can't remember the name of the film he did a he did a film where he he, he did the life of a comedian what's the name of the comedian i can't andy remember andy kaufman andy kaufman that's right yeah. and he he did a film about him filming that film and he he embodied the characters of andy kaufman yep throughout the whole film. Yep. And one of the reflections he made at the end of that was, you know, when you're playing a character, are you actually that character while you're playing it? Mm. Or am I still Jim Carrey? Mm. Who is Jim Carrey? Right. Does Jim Carrey exist? Or is Jim Carrey just another one of my characters? Mm. And that really got me thinking about what character do I want? Mm. And and I just started playing with that idea. I started trying out new things. I started, I went vegan for a while. I, you know, I started going to the gym, lifting weights. I just started trying new things yeah. and to see what stuck. Yeah. And I felt myself expand as a man. Hmm. And the more I expanded, the bigger I became, the more I wanted to expand to sure. the point where, to the point where the, the, the fear the fear of expansion actually became the excitement of expansion. Hmm. And it almost became addictive. And now I went too, I went too far. Hmm. I actually, you know, like I swung to the other end of the pendulum. I became a self-opinionated prick for a while and nobody could stand me, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I found eventually I found the balance between being a nice person, but not letting my boundaries be, be broken mm. and um yeah i mean it's 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 a just it's a totally different way of living you know it's, it's i gotta say your your self-awareness is really uh, amazing i envy it I, I applaud it um it's it's really inspiring um so would you say that that jim carrey interview was maybe the spark for you it was one of it was one of yeah uh, many sparks yeah. yeah it was one of many i just i just I just started looking anywhere and everywhere I could for inspiration. And um, believe it or not, it actually started in the Bible. My, 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 <laughs> my first, my first dive into God, I need help was, was, was there where we all go. And it was just, sure. it was actually, it was actually uh, Genesis two that, that, that sparked it all off. I, I kind of, I kind of read something else into it that we can't, that, if you've ever been to church, I mean, I'm not a religious person, but we've, we've all been to church at some point. Yeah. Um, the story that we get told, I read a different story into it about, mm. I basically saw Adam 
as this guy that was just brought to life by a God mm -hmm. who then said, go and work. Mm -hmm. And he was given no instruction. He's he was actually given no instruction at all. No. And I suddenly thought to myself, well, that's how I feel. Yeah. I feel like a man who has absolutely, you know, I'm just here. I've arrived on this planet and nobody's given me any goddamn instruction what to do. No. My father was no good. No. I don't remember my grandparents. Mm. You know, any other male that I had around me didn't have a fucking clue what they were doing either. Yeah. So that just sparked me on, on this journey of, of who am I? And just, I started exploring who I was. And I became like a little kid again, just trying this and trying that and playing here and playing there yeah. uh, until I, I found out who I am. And that, that's still, that's not over. It's, sure. You know, it's, yeah, it's, no, it, that's, that's important. It's, it never is. Um, no. It's, it's you know, progress and growth or the goal is not perfection and not, not an end point. I don't think there is an end point. Um, I want to talk about some of the lessons that you learned through this journey. What were the, some of the things that have stuck out to you and, and, and helped shape you as you were going through it? Just the fact that, that I can be who I want to be. And I don't have to, as a, as a man, I don't have to be afraid. You know, I mean, that's, 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 that was, that was my biggest, my biggest falling point is that I was always afraid. Mm. I was always afraid of the next thing. What, you know, it was the fear of what could happen actually stopped me. It was the fear that stopped me. And that was, that's the biggest thing I've taken away from this is that actually I came to the realization that we all arrive on this planet exactly the same. We know how to shit and we know how to suck breast. That's it. Yeah. Everything else is just, it's just stories that we take on throughout our whole life. Yeah. And I've came to the realization, especially after having been a father, that like I, I blamed my father for such a long time, but really none of us know what we're doing. None yeah. of us know what we're doing. We're all just making it up as we go along. Amen. So there is actually no wrong answer. Yeah. There is no wrong answer. Therefore you cannot make a mistake. Therefore you don't need to be afraid. You know, that, that, that was the biggest thing I learned throughout this whole process. Hmm. The biggest thing. What did you, when, when you, when you found your, your new wife, uh, what were the things that you were conscious of, that you wanted to avoid or things that you wanted to make sure were a part of your next partner? Um, no, I never actually thought about that. But the, 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 the funny thing is, is that once I began to embody this new man, I, the, the partner that I drew to me, mm. that, that was attracted to me actually fit in with that man. Mm. So I mean we have we have our we have our ups and downs as sure. do any couple. Sure, sure. But compatibility, we're so much more compatible than 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 I was with my with my first wife, yeah. and that's purely because I was being myself. Mm. I wasn't hiding. I wasn't pretending. I wasn't pretending to be somebody to try and get her to go to bed with me. No, she wanted to go to bed with me right. because of who I was. Who was. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know. That's that's something that I think a lot of men need to learn is that, you know, certainly like me, I was afraid to show myself to the world. I was afraid to shine. But if you do shine, if you do own your shit and you are yourself, you don't try to be somebody else, your life will go so much. I mean, there's there's, there's eight billion people on this planet. Yeah. Somebody's going to like you. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And not just somebody. Millions of people are going to like you yep. if you are who you are. You don't have to pretend to be anybody to please anybody at all. No, and, yeah. agreed. What, what kind of advice would you give the, to the guy who's just starting out uh, this type of journey that they, they just found out uh, that, you know, she wants to separate or, or you know, she just moved out or, or papers were just served? What kind of advice would you give that man? Your marriage has ended, but your life hasn't. And you will never be presented with another opportunity like this mm. to go for it. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, it hurts. But if it ended, it ended for a reason. And, and you are now in a place where many unhappily married men would like to find themselves, but aren't. So don't, it hurts. Sit with the hurt. It's going to hurt, but know that it's not over. This, you, you've been given another chance to, like, you've been uh, given a chance, like a phoenix, to rise from the ashes. You know. Agreed. Uh, it, that's a, a beautiful way of looking at it, and a beautiful way to describe it, because I think it is a, a huge opportunity, uh, one that you clearly embraced. And, and again, I, I really admire that. Um, I, I think it's it, it's so easy. I think to to blame and and shame yourself for for the end of a, of a relationship um yeah it, the, the the opportunity though is tremendous and and one that i think sometimes we lose sight of um because of the hurt and the pain exactly. of it all uh the rejection and and, and et cetera, et cetera. um yeah i agree wholeheartedly there are two ways of looking at everything there are always two ways of looking at everything and you just hit the nail on the head there about the, the blame game. Mm. You know, when you, when you find yourself in a situation like this um, in divorce, it's easy to become the victim. Yes. It's easy to, to sit down and say, it's not my fault. And, and sort of get people to come at you and, and with pity. Sure. And yet that, it feels good. It feels good, but it gets you nowhere. The other choice is actually to become the creator. Instead of being the victim, become the creator. And take, take what you have and, and, and go ahead and make something from it. And what you build from that place, you know. We can't see into the future for a reason. And that's, that's because we, once you begin to build your future, once you begin to see it unfold before you, I mean, it's just such a fucking exciting adventure um, that if you could see it beforehand, it would spoil the surprise. But just know that it's not over it isn't over it's just one part of your life that's gone and although it may feel like it was your whole life actually it wasn't ever your whole life you just made it your whole life and now it's gone you've got a chance to to actually build it the way you want it to be built now yeah agree that's uh <laughs> there's nothing i could absolutely say to that i mean it's it's perfectly put um Philip, I really love your story. I love your, 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 your grit. Um, <laughs> I admire your uh, ability to look within yourself um, and to share it too. I think that's important. Not only do I, I think it's important for men that are struggling to, to reach out, but I think it's equally important for someone like yourself to reach out and let these guys know that there is hope because hope is very very fleeting and in, in those first i'll say months of of the yeah. the devastation of being left so i i thank you sir for 
for doing this. Um, it's, and, it's a pleasure. It's a yeah, pleasure. I hope we can do it again. Um, I hope you can offer uh, more wisdom and insight to, to the listeners. And uh, are you mentoring anyone, coaching anyone? Is there any, any uh, you know, what's the best, if so, what's the best way to reach out to, to you? Um, well, I'm in the group. Um, okay. I'm in the, I'm in the rising Phoenix group. I'm not, I'm not um, officially sort of mentoring or coaching anybody. No, I mean, it's, it's something that I've, I've thought about doing, but I'm not, it's not something that I've um, actually started doing yet. Um, but I'm quite happy to talk to anybody that's in a, in a bad place. You know, that's the reason I offered to come on this, this podcast is for that reason. I know, I know that my story can help other people mm. out and other guys out who are, who are in a position where they think it's all over, but it isn't, you know, it's, it, it's not that it's you, 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 you hit the nail on the head. Hope is, is, is what's left. Yeah. And with hope you can do, you can do amazing things. Yeah. You can Amen. do amazing things. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Um, I, I encourage you to, to stay active in the group and, and, um, and I, I'm, I'm honestly just, uh, I'm a little, uh, I don't know what the word is. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Um, you look gobsmacked. Yeah. I just, I don't know what to say. I, it, there's a, a um, it's so, I think it's, I think your story is so inspiring. Um, I'm touched. I'm touched by it. That's what it is. Um, it's actually, it's actually been, I'm, I, I feel like I'm full of fire actually sharing it. Um, I feel, I, it. I feel, I feel, I it. feel release sharing this story. It's been, you know, I feel fantastic. And I, I just hope somebody can get some use out of it. I'm sure um, that they will. I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I am. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I think that's, uh, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. I think it's an inspiring story. I, again, man, I, I really appreciate you telling us. It, it's so important for guys like you to reach out yeah. and, and do these kinds of things. It's, it well, brings I mean, me hope and I'm already, and I'm not in a, you know, I'm not where I was, you know, I'm a year yeah. and a half from, from D-Day yeah. or whatever. So yeah. um, man, stories like yours are so important. And again, I, I thank you for doing it, brother. Well, th thank you for having me on the show. Yep. All right. We'll take care. We'll see you next time. You take care of yourself. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Bye-bye. Well, that's a wrap for episode 34. I want to thank Philip for taking the time to sit down and talk with me. Like I said in the intro, I think it's important to have as many different stories as possible in the hopes that somebody out there listening will be able to relate and not feel so alone in all this. And rest assured, you're not alone. Before we go, I want to thank Jay at Heartland Productions for editing this episode. Jay is a, a brother of ours that is going through the same shit that we are and working with someone that is going through this is pretty fucking cool there's just something about it you know i could have anyone edit these episodes but the fact that i'm able to find someone through our support group that can do these edits is is pretty awesome and uh i'm i'm incredibly grateful to jay thank you brother until next time take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Nick Coyle and Lifer for allowing me to use their song, Born Again, which you're hearing now and at the intro to the podcast. Thank you to Justin Delahanty and all of my brothers at the Alpha Code. Please reach out and connect with me and other like-minded men on the Facebook group page, Rising Phoenix Podcast. This group will be used to discuss released episodes, future episodes, and to discuss any and all things that come from dealing with a divorce, separation, or breakup. I look forward to connecting with you. Until next time, take care of yourselves 
and take care of each other. And remember to surround yourself with people who add value to your life, who challenge you to be greater than you were yesterday, who sprinkle magic into your existence just like you do to theirs. Life is not meant to be done alone. Find your tribe. Take care.